Blog Talk Radio. Another edition of Choked Out Radio Live. I am your host, Jim Russell. Wednesday, July 6th. A lot going on. Final deletion in TNA. Also, the CWC bracketology. Someone was asking, what was the origin behind that? It is simple. They took that from the NCAA tournament. As far as bracketology, 32 competitors, excellent competitors in the Cruiserweight Classic. Also, this weekend, MMA fans is the biggest card in over 100 cards, where you have Brock Lesnar one-on-one going against Mark Hunt. Yes, you heard that right. The WWE superstar Brock Lesnar getting a one-time pass from upper management. Oh, that's that's my dog, my little doggie. He has barked, and he has made his presence being felt as well. Brock Lesnar, Mark Hunt, ladies and gentlemen. In addition to that, also... We have DC versus Johnny Bone Jones 2, Jose Aldo versus Frankie Edgar 2, also Amanda Nunes, the challenger going against Misha Tate for the UFC Women's Bantamweight Championship of the World, Travis Brown, Cain Velasquez. For the pre-show, for the main event, you're going to get Juliana Pena versus Kat Zingano, which could very well be a number one contendership for the UFC Women's Championship. We have, of course, tomorrow we will know who Brock Lesnar squaring off against at SummerSlam. A lot going on. We have the draft. Hey, it's a lot going on. A lot going on. I just, I saw my guest uh, as far as being on, but I don't know. Well, let's see what happens. Let's see if he can come back on right now. Um, so, so that's what's going on right now. So today's guest, Trying to get, let's see if this works. Hold on. This has never been done before. Luke, are you on the air, sir? Oh, Mr. Russell, it's indeed an honor and a privilege to be here on Choked Out Radio again tonight. It's like I, said, I was listening to your your uh, kind of rundown of UFC 200, and I, I got to tell you right now, that's going to be a, a phenomenal night of UFC action. I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, three championship matches and a number one contendership contest. I mean, it's going to be a phenomenal night. Absolutely, and then not including, like, even if you stick around early on Fox Sports 1, you have that, that main event. In the prelims, you have Zingano and uh, Juliana, Juliana Pena. You have, of course, T.J. Dillashaw. It's a, it's a stacked card top to bottom. <laughs> oh, I'd say it's one of those where, to be honest with you, I mean, again, a lot of people who are, are diehard UFC fans are going to look at it and say, oh, well, the UFC 200, that, that three hours or whatever allotted time they have is going to be a phenomenal night. But, again, it, as you said, you look even at, at the stuff that's going to be on Fox Sports 1 and even some of the stuff I think that they said they're going to have a couple of uh, like pre, pre-match fights right. on YouTube as well. 
I mean, it's yeah. gonna it's gonna be definitely one that you got to have that opportunity to, to to find somewhere to watch it because it's going to be a great night of action. Absolutely, absolutely. And then especially, you know, we're all intrigued with what happens with the WWE superstar <laughs> Brock Lesnar. Uh, as he goes one on one more cunt, we all wanted to see where that how that ends up, you know. So it's a very interesting dynamic. It's a great move on Dana White's part, I think. But you know, well, I I look at it this way. I had an opportunity. I've talked to several of my friends in, in the broadcasting community here in, in the St. Louis area. Mm-hmm. Honestly, a lot of people are looking at it. What, what does this mean with Brock Lesnar's return to the USC, return to the octagon? I've right. talked to a lot of people here in St. Louis, and the consensus that I've gotten from the people that I've talked with is basically if it's a, if it's a stand-up fight, I, I have to say it, it's it's going to be a very long night for Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah. But if Brock oh, yeah. can but Brock can take Hunt to the ground, it is going to be I say I think it's going to be a very quick fight, and I I definitely think that if if it's a stand-up fight, my my odds are I'm going to go with Hunt. If it's going to be something that's actually going to go to the grappling and go to the, the mat of the cage, it's going to be Brock Lesnar. Agreed, agreed. You have the you know classic you know wrestler versus striker matchup, and it's a matter of who you know who could win, you know <laughs> who could get there first. You know what I mean? Can he take him down? Can Mark Hunt knock him out? You know we saw what he did with you know Frank Mir a couple of months ago. So it's it's a very interesting matchup. <laughs> All right, man. So yeah, so it was, it's great, man. Um, great talk, chatting with you again, especially um, me opening up with my monologue talking about the UFC 200. But now I see. Before we get into the 22nd, I know you have a show on July 16th, Glen Carbon, Illinois. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, like I said, Dynamo Pro Wrestling has been gearing up this summer. Like I said, we just celebrated nine years of being a company back in the, in the early part of June and July. I mean, again, July 16th at the Sports Academy in Glen Carbon, Illinois. It's going to be a phenomenal night of pro wrestling action. Uh, tickets are available at the at the venue or DynamoProWrestling.com. Doors open at 6. Uh, the event starts at 7 o'clock. I know for a fact right now, actually to come on the program i actually left the the meeting the board of directors are actually finalizing several of the key matchups that are coming up you're going to see a lot of great wrestlers like the dynamo pro d1 champion the man who since winning the dynamo pro d1 championship i mean again the man's held the belt now pretty much against all comers for pushing now seven months i mean he's gone through it's pretty much a who's who, not just in Dynamo Pro Wrestling, but, I mean, again, there's a lot of wrestlers that he's competed against. Uh, he's competed against guys like Kiyoshi Suzuka, the Filipino warrior Elvis Aliaga, Dirty Jake Durden, Dynamo Pro heavyweight champion. I mean, this man has gone out there with some of the, literally, the heavyweights of Dynamo Pro Wrestling and has managed to keep that championship. And he actually made a statement uh, a few short weeks ago in the event of right now, his goal right now, the rate things are going, he could honestly see himself retiring with that championship belt. Oh, wow. And again, right now, the, the competitors are just lining up to, to wrestle against the D1 champion. You also have wrestlers like uh, Keon Option and Justin Dier, uh, Strapstown University. These two gentlemen most recently won a three-way uh, tag team contest against the Bike Club and a team that a lot of people throughout not just the Midwest but across the country are really starting to pay attention to, that being the team of Paco Gonzalez and Danny Adams, the alpha class students of, of uh, ROH, ROH's uh, Unbreakable Michael Elgin. And these two gentlemen uh-huh. somewhere down the road 
are going to have an opportunity to wrestle for the Dynamo Pro Tag Team Championship. Uh, we also have Mike Outlaw, a man who as of late has really been really been talking a lot of a lot of things going on with him. He's made no bones about it. He's gone out and he's made an, a, a challenge towards Dynamo Pro Headway Champion Dirty Jake Durden. He wants that one-on-one opportunity. He also, and we're going to talk about it a little later, he has a huge, and I, I, I can't emphasize yep. enough, a huge opportunity on July 22nd at Natsukon yep. when he competes. We're going, to, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but like I said, Saturday night on the 16th of, of July, if you make it out to the Sports Academy in Glen Carbon, you're going to see a lot of great professional wrestling action. Awesome, and where can people get tickets from if, if, you know, if, they're, if, they're, if they're in the area? Well, if they're, if they're in the St. Louis metropolitan area, they can go to the Sports Academy 101, the Game Drive in Glen Carbon, Illinois. They can also call them by phone, 618-288-6899, or they can also go to DynamoProWrestling.com. We always have tickets available there through the, through the website. $10 in advance, $12 day of event, and kids are always just 5 bucks. I mean, again... It's a, it's a great Saturday night here. It's been really really hot here in St. Louis, but when it comes down to it, the action is going to be just as hot here as a St. Louis summer with Dynamo Pro Wrestling on the 16th of July. And then we've got to, we've got to address July 22nd, NazuCon, yep. Dynamo Pro Wrestling. Uh, and we kind of alluded to it a moment ago, one match already signed, Mike yep. Outlaw taking on Ring of Honor's Delirious. Yep. Yep. Can we? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? How that came about? I know I can't play the video. I I apologize, but can you know, give us a little background on how that came about? Well, to, well, to give you an idea, Jim. I mean, for those that have followed Ring of Honor wrestling and have followed the career of Delirious, Delirious got his start here in the St. Louis area many many years ago, and he always has kind of had that. In, in, in his in his mind, he's always I, I don't want to say it's a special place for St. Louis, but it's definitely one of those where Delirious has had that connection to the Midwest and the connection to St. Louis. We fast forward to uh, the opportunity where Mike Outlaw was the Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Champion, and yep. Delirious actually presented the brand new Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Championship to Mike Outlaw. And there was okay. a very formal presentation, and he acknowledged him and had an opportunity. He uh, recorded an interview, a, very, a brief, uh, brief interview for Dynamo Pro Wrestling on, on our YouTube channel, talking about Mike Outlaw being the future of professional wrestling and Dynamo Pro Wrestling. And we, we fast forward literally to about six weeks ago when we announced NatsuCon. We announced this huge event to be held at the Gateway Center in Collinsville, Illinois. Uh And the the crazy thing at all is if you get an opportunity, go to the Dynamo Pro YouTube channel and look at I I I I don't know if you've had the opportunity. I know we we've talked about it, but the 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 statement, I can't really necessarily call it a challenge because as as many as many opportunities as I've had to 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 be behind the commentators table for delirious contest and having a couple opportunities to, to be involved with interviews with him. I, I didn't get a lot. All I got was Natsukan, Mike Outlaw, Dynamo Pro Wrestling, and Coming Home. That's about right. all I really got out of it. And to be honest, I think that's really all that needed to be said. I mean, Delirious basically just said, 
this is what I'm looking at. And Mike Outlaw has made it a point that he wants to show not only the people in Dynamo Pro Wrestling, but he wants to show people on the national and international stage that he's ready to make that that step forward. And I mean, I think you would agree with me, and a lot of the people who are listening to Choked Out Radio here tonight would agree with me, a victory over Delirious would be a huge, a huge statement in the career of Mike Outlaw. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially, you know, a guy who has established as Delirious, you know what I mean? So it would be a huge feather in his cap. So huge. Is there any other matches signed um, at this point? or, or what? Well, well, we don't. There's not any more matches signed, but I do have to let you know that's that's just the tip of the iceberg as far as people that would be familiar. I mean, again, a lot of people who are listening to to Choked Out Radio may not necessarily have the opportunity to see Dynamo Pro Wrestling live and in person. But right. this event that we have on the 22nd, there are several names that have already been confirmed to be in attendance. Not only do you have representing ROH, representing Ring of Honor, you have Delirious. But also scheduled to be in attendance, Impact Wrestling's Davey Richards. He has also yeah. been confirmed to be at the event. And we were just able to announce a few days ago, former multi-time TNA knockout champion, I believe also formerly tag team knockout champion as well, Angelina Love is also going uh-huh. to be in attendance at NatsuCon. I mean, when you sit there and you look at it, I mean, again, the, the, the phone calls are coming in. They're coming into Dynamo Pro Management, and, and I'm not going to kid with you at all, Jim. I mean, between the, the, the phone calls I'm getting from Dynamo Pro Aftershock, which is our, our uh, event podcast, the, the calls coming into the media department, people wanting to know how to get tickets, this event on Friday, July 22nd is going to be a night that wrestling fans are definitely not going to forget. They need to get their tickets. They need to get them early because this is going to be an outstanding night of pro wrestling. And, again, the fans of the St. Louis area are going to get a real treat. Two Dynamo Pro events in a little under a week's time. And, again, it's going to be similar. it's going to be awesome when it comes to Dynamo Pro Wrestling. That sounds good. Debbie Richards, Angelina Love, Delirious, Mike Otlaw. It's already looks, you know, sounds like a stacked card so far. And I'm pretty sure, you know, like you said, tip of the iceberg. And I'm, you know, we're all looking forward, to, you know, to see what, what what unravels as far as other contests, so to speak. Hello, you there? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm still here, Jim. Like I said, you know, okay. uh, talking about things, talking about things real quick. One of the big things that's happened that's been happening as of late here in Dynamo Pro Wrestling has been the the creation, and it's not just in Dynamo Pro Wrestling, but it's been the creation here in the in the in the metro in the metro area and in the Midwest. Uh, an organization called Missouri Wrestling Revival has actually gone out as far as creating the Missouri Wrestling Revival Missouri State Championship, and this championship has been defended all across the Midwest. And as a matter of fact, back on May 7th, a gentleman by the name of Brandon Espinoza, a man who has pretty much seen it all in in his time in professional wrestling, was able to do something that a lot of people in the pro wrestling community thought could not be done. And that was he became the second MWR Missouri State champion. And I mean, again, when you sit here and look at it, 
that is definitely, I mean, he's, since he's won that championship, he has made it a point that he wants to go out and let everybody know that he, he felt like for years that he's been held down, that he's been kind of mm-hmm. pushed to the side. And he's not been given that opportunity. But like I said, on May 7th, Brandon Espinoza managed to make a huge, put a huge stamp on professional wrestling with winning this championship. And like I said, he, he's just another one of those individuals who, without a shadow of doubt in my mind, is another one of those that if you come and see Dynamo Pro Wrestling, you're going to have an opportunity to see one of the best in professional wrestling when you see Brandon Espinoza not only representing the Missouri Wrestling Revival Missouri State Championship, but also the opportunity to be at that very top level. His name has been consistently along the lines of the Mike Outlaws, of the King of Chaos Ricky Cruz, of the Dirty Jake Durden, of the Outcasts. He has consistently been at the very top of the Dynamo Pro Mountain for a long time. And like I said, he's going to be another one that's really been making some some noise when it comes to Dynamo Pro Wrestling. And like I said, in the next few weeks, we're, we're going to definitely be hearing a lot more from from Brandon Espinosa. No, absolutely. And, and um, you know, I was looking at his profile, 11-year veteran. You know, he's been around TNA, Ring of Honor, everywhere. And, and yeah, and he's won championships. He's been a part of the – he's one of the PWI uh, 500 uh, you know, best wrestlers of the year. So yeah, he has a, uh, an extensive resume, and, and I think we're only he's only going to get better uh, with time. Well, I say um, he, he's one of those Jim that we're, when 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 you talk about Brandon Espinoza, I mean, a lot of people say that that he's he's done this or he's done that. Brandon Espinoza has made a huge statement in pro wrestling, and like I said, he's definitely one that a lot of wrestling fans need to keep an eye on because he's definitely carving a very a very well-known niche in in the professional wrestling scene. No, I, yeah, and I, and I I I agree a thousand percent. And I also like the concept. It, it kind of reminds me of old school NWA as far as him going to the different you know territories in the Missouri area and defending that championship. Do you agree as far as like that concept? Well, that that's one of the things that makes that MWR Missouri State Championship so unique is the fact that. While while it is defended here in Dynamo Pro Wrestling, it is recognized as a Dynamo Pro Championship, or as far as a, a recognized championship in Dynamo Pro Wrestling, I, I, I should say, it, it's more of an idea of where it, it truly proves, I mean, and, and I like how you, you mentioned the idea of going back to the old days of the of the NWA, the Missouri State Heavyweight Championship, is is very similar into into what's there is that this championship is defended all across the state. Yep. And, I mean, he's, he's a gentleman that, I mean, a lot of people felt that the King of Chaos, Ricky Cruz, the first MWR champion, a man who defeated Dirty Jake Durden to win that championship, a lot of people thought that Ricky Cruz was going to be a man that was going to hold it for a long duration. And a lot of fans were surprised that, Espinoza had gone out there and he had made a few pretty noticeable statements. We had an event in, in Columbia, Missouri. Okay. And he had the opportunity to come in and he basically wanted to challenge Ricky Cruz right there. As soon as the bell rings, he walks away. We move to 
earlier in the day on May 7th, we had an event at the Cinco de Mayo Festival in St. Louis, Missouri. Brandon Espinoza at the end of a six-man tag team matchup. He basically says, okay, I'm, I, I, it's time for me to take that opportunity and wrestle for the championship and tells the fans that, hey, you didn't pay enough money to see me win this championship. And and the crazy, a lot of people said, oh, that Brandon Espinoza is going to be, he's going to be full every dirty trick in the book. He's going to use a foreign object. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. The craziest thing of it all, he won with a roll-up. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's the big thing that a lot of people don't understand about Brandon Espinoza. I mean, some people might say he's a little eccentric. He's a little bit on edge. But, the, I mean, I've had the opportunity of seeing Espinoza and the evolution of Brandon Espinoza over the course of his career. I mean, the man, if it requires to go and be a high flyer, Brandon Espinoza can, can pull out the moves like the flying head scissors and the ranas and the flying arm grads and all those kinds of things. If you want him to wrestle a, a catch-as-catch-can matchup, he can do that. And now with him continuing his in evolving in Dynamo, mm-hmm. he's now really started to incorporate a lot of, of submission moves, a lot of the moves you would maybe see in like a jiu-jitsu or, or yep. a, a number of a variety of different martial arts and, and, and like say UFC competition. I mean, this gentleman right here, a lot of people – have been talking about the evolution of this man and again with him having that MWR championship yep. it's going to be one of those I really want to see who's going to line up and who's going to be that that list is going to grow almost by the day as the people who think that they can take that MWR championship away from Brandon Espinosa no, that's a great point you bring you know what happens with some of the you know pro wrestlers um, regardless of where they're at, uh, you know, they have their same, you know, you know, set, set of moves and, and that's it. And they don't, you know, they're very complacent, but a guy like him, it sound, it's at least what it sounds like on paper, or at least what you're telling me, and I agree with you is he's always evolving. He's always trying to add something new to his repertoire, which, which I like a lot of people, you know, you shouldn't be complacent. You should always find ways to constantly improve your game. And he does that exactly that. Can you agree? And that's, and, and that's, that's, that's one thing I can agree with you wholeheartedly, Jim. And the idea that, in, in Dynamo Pro Wrestling, it's not just the Brandon Espinosa. There, there are a lot of wrestlers who have really, really stepped up their game. And we've already talked about several of them, guys, like the three-time Dynamo Pro heavyweight champion, Dirty Jake Durden. Here's a guy who, who starts off in Dynamo Pro Wrestling, has the opportunity to go to Pro Wrestling Noah, and that really seemed to be the launching point for Dirty Jake Durden, a man who's who's had the opportunity, as uh, matter of fact, just a little – uh, a little under a week ago, had the opportunity to compete at uh, as a part of a global force wrestling event in Marion, Illinois. He's had the opportunity, I believe, he's scheduled in in, in the upcoming week to to uh, travel down to FIP in Florida. He's had people from from different walks, not just here in the, in the in the bi-state area, but he's had a lot of people. Like Outcast is another one, a man who can fly, but a man who can brawl. Ricky Cruz can always bring that lucha libre style. He can bring stuff from from Central America. He can bring the Puerto Rican style. I mean, when you sit there, and I mean, again, it's not just the guys who are at the top of the ladder as well. I mean, a lot of the guys yeah. that are coming through the Dynamo Pro Dojo. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. talk about guys like Keon Option and Justin Dier. You talk about Garrett Shanks. You talk about CJ Shine. 
You talk about the alternative, Ozzy Gallagher. These are guys that are constantly stepping up their game every day. These guys are going to have to evolve or they're going to get left behind. No, you have to. Right, exactly. And it's so competitive, you know, and that's just at the state level. Imagine, you know, regional, imagine national. <laughs> national you know what I mean? There's, you know, so many pro wrestlers out there. You know, you have to stand out. You have to be unique. People you have to like you, you know what I mean? So but I agree with you 100%. Um, is he, is Brandon Espinosa going to jump on the line soon or can we just talk for a couple more minutes? What do you think? Well, like I said, I know for a fact that that that's one thing with Brandon Espinosa. Brandon Espinosa is not one to really shy away from a, a microphone or shy away from an interview. Like I said, I know he's been, he's been in training. I know I saw him earlier today. I saw him, he actually came in, uh, they were, they were, um, he was called into a meeting here at the Dynamo Pro offices to, Okay. to see what what is what is going on i mean what one would have to figure considering um his, his newly found status and things of the sort with with winning his championship and among being at that very top level i know that they've been they've been trying to sign him for events um things along those lines. i know for a fact that like i say he's he's one of those where i figure that he would be able to call him but I, again it could very easily be that he could be training he may be in they say he may even be down the hall signing signing the paperwork i said all i know is i left my meeting uh about seven o'clock here central time to go ahead and, and get prepared for calling into to choked out radio tonight and like i said that door has not opened in an hour i mean the, the board of directors the executive executives within dynamo pro they've been in there i got here about three o'clock this afternoon and they've basically been working all afternoon making sure they can get everything finalized and ready to go for the 16th in Glen Carbon and the 22nd at Nazi Con. I mean, both of those events, like I said, if, if anybody's had the opportunity to see Dynamo Pro Wrestling and you see the wrestlers that are coming through uh, Dynamo Pro Wrestling, you have guys like the Filipino warrior Elvis Aliaga. You have the yoga monster Mike Seidel. You have Kiyoshi Shizuka. You have, <clears throat> pardon me, you have wrestlers like uh, – um, uh, Danny Adams, Paco Gonzalez. I mean, there's a lot of wrestlers that are coming through the 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 doors here at Dynamo Pro Wrestling. And like I said, it's definitely one of those you're seeing. Not only do you see the best in professional wrestling, but you're also going to see the the new faces in professional wrestling. And again, it's one of those that I know for a fact that, like I said, Brandon Espinosa is definitely one that if fans have an opportunity to see and. It's not just him. There's a lot of wrestlers in Dynamo Pro Wrestling that the fans need to be aware of because as, as uh, we've had several opportunities here on Choked Out Radio, we've had opportunities on other uh, other programs as well. A lot of the wrestlers that are coming through Dynamo Pro Wrestling are already starting to to make impacts on a national and international basis. And okay. again, it's one of those where it, it it's one of those where these two these gentlemen are are really stepping up their game and like i said the summer here in st louis is always high i mean i think they said the high earlier this week we were pushing the triple digits but it's going to be that much it's going to be that hot if not hotter in the next few days here in dynamo pro wrestling i know i myself not just as one of the voices of dynamo pro wrestling not only as a as the media relations director of dynamo pro wrestling as a wrestling fan i can tell you Coming to a Dynamo Pro event, you can have anybody in your family. You could have the, the, the young ones, the, the, the three and four and five year olds, 
that that are just getting their first real taste of professional wrestling and then you can go to to the to the older generation as you mentioned earlier the the old wrestling at the chase era and yep. i actually yep. think back to a conversation i i had with my own father who's in his, his mid 70s and he was able to say that he came out and he had a great time because it the wrestling it's like I said, it's wrestling the way it was meant to be. Men getting in the ring, men and women, I should say, getting in the ring, competing, giving it at their all. And again, that's one of the biggest things in professional wrestling. It's the fans. The fans are the driving force. And I know for a fact, I was actually looking at uh, chokedoutradio.com, and uh-huh. we were looking at um, we were looking at the results that you had uh, that you had posted from the event. Uh, I believe it was BCW. BBW in Queens, yep, yep, yep. I was there a couple, a couple yeah, weeks for, ago. Yeah, and it's one of those, where, I mean, again, it's the fans that are going out and seeing the best in professional wrestling. I say, when you when you buy a ticket for Dynamo Pro Wrestling, you're looking at one of the premier professional wrestling companies throughout the country. I mean, the, the names that have come through Dynamo Pro, guys like Michael Elgin, Davey Richards, um, uh, Dingo, you look at guys like Delirious, Mischief, um, I mean, the, the list there, Jerry Lynn, Al Snow. Um, you just go through the, I mean, again, we could go on and on for the different people. Uh, Santana Garrett from, uh, uh, from, from a variety of different promotions here in the United States. The best in professional wrestling knows that if they're going to make a name for themselves, they have to make it a point to put Dynamo Pro on the roadmap of places they need to be to show that they are one of the best. And actually, a matter of fact, I just saw the door open. Uh Uh, A matter of fact, Brandon Espinoza just walked out the door. He seems to be one moment here. I'm trying to feed a message here. I say Brandon Espinosa just walked out the door here. I said I knew oh, there were a lot of a lot of things. <clears throat> um, he just walked out the door, and as a matter of fact, he he seemed like he had a a, a pretty good look on his face. Like I said, that, that's for for Brandon Espinosa. That's one of those that definitely. I don't know if you take that as a good sign or a bad sign, but I know for a fact that he just I just saw him moments ago. <clears throat> Just exiting out of the of the Dynamo Pro offices here. Okay. Nice. As a matter of fact, he I, I say hopefully hopefully I, he 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 knows that he knows that he's supposed to be a guest. I don't know. I say Espinosa is not one to miss anything here. That's okay. It's all right. We'll we know wait and see approach and hopefully oh what wait hold on a second. <laughs> Hi, this is Choked Out Radio. Uh, you're live on the air, sir. Who am I speaking to? Yeah, hey, this is Brandon Espinosa. Brandon, how are you? All right, well, <laughs> hey, how's it going, guys? Sorry about that. My, you, you got to love technology nowadays. You know, compared to back when we were growing up, and we had you know cord phones. Uh, you know, you didn't have to rely on the whole battery situation. So, <laughs> well, well, like I said, just to, just to bring everybody up to speed here, ladies and gentlemen, this is the, the Missouri Wrestling Revival Missouri State Champion, Brandon Espinosa. And, Brandon, uh, just to give you a little bit of information, we were talking about the upcoming events on the 16th and the 22nd. And as I, as I was telling the fans here at Choked Out Radio, you just had the opportunity to walk out here with Dynamo Pro Management has been 
has been taught has been trying to put together a lot of things for the upcoming event. Uh, the first question I want to ask you is: uh, We talked about it earlier before you came on the air. On May seventh, you won the Missouri Wrestling Revival Missouri State Championship, and you had I mean you've held championships all across this country. What? How how has your life changed since finally winning a championship inside the confines of Dynamo Pro Wrestling? Uh, well, you know, um, it's made things, you know, a little more easier, you know, in terms of, uh, I guess, dealing with people because, you know, now they understand that I'm, you know, the real deal or one of the real deals and not just some guy who goes out there and talks the talk, you know, but can't walk the walk. Um, you know, I did something that somebody hasn't been, people haven't been able to do much, and I beat Ricky Cruz clean in the ring, one, two, three. Um, you know, it caught him off guard. It caught everybody else off guard. Um, you know, so, you know, it was, it's definitely made things easier, but by no means am I done, you know, done over at Dynamo and not trying to, uh, you know, capture more gold. You know, I'm now a two-time champion at Dynamo with two different belts. I just need one or two more and I could be the triple and, you know, triple and Grand Slam champion over there like I deserve to be. That's awesome. Well, Brandon, like awesome. I said, that's, that, that's, that's one of those things. And we, we talked about it earlier when it comes to Brandon Espinoza, Brandon, one of the big things that we, we talked about here earlier is how wrestlers have to evolve. And I, I was speaking earlier about having the opportunity to see you in the ring earlier in your career when you were, to be honest with you, you were more of a, a high flyer. And seeing your wrestling career evolve from, from, from the high flyer to a, to a mat-based contest to now more of the submission wrestling, what, how, how has your mindset changed in the last few years regarding – your your perspective of what it takes to stay at the top level that you have been for so many years. Um, I mean, the one big thing is is obviously everybody needs to adapt. Um, you know, there's a couple of different things you got to adapt to. You know, uh, when I first started, I was only 18. Um, you know, I just got done with high school. You know, was a three varsity letter. You know, athlete. You know, over here at Ladue uh, Horton Watkins here in St. Louis. You know, and then I had to decide whether or not I wanted to step into the square circle or pursue any of those sports, you know, going into college, which, you know, I had opportunities I could have, but instead I decided to uh, pursue my dream, which was wrestling. Well, you know, everybody knows when, when you're a kid, you're crazy, you like to jump around, you like to fly, you know, and everybody watches wrestling. And let's be real, most of the pe- people that capture your eyes are the ones that are very flashy, the ones that you know, do all that stuff, you know, if you want to say guys that are like modern day, you know, Callistos or, you know, guys like Seth Rollins or, you know, like Dean Ambrose and guys, or, you know, guys that are, you know, are more high flying or like this cruiserweight, you know, classic going on. That's the style of wrestling everyone thinks they need to be when they start. But, you know, when you get older, you got to realize that, you know, that, yeah, while your body can still do that, you got to take things a little bit differently, you know, and the fact that, you know, I'm not 18, I'm 28 now, you know, and my body, you know, as, as great in shape as I feel I am right now, I'm in a lot better shape now than I was, you know, even like four or five years ago, you know, um, but you, when you think about it, you know, the body's probably not going to heal as quick as it was if I was a teenager or, or a young kid or a young man, you know, um, so now I think about that, you know, and that's one of the major things I think about, but, you know, and on, on top of it, it's always good to, adapt because you know you might start seeing other people doing certain things all the time and you know how to counter it and you know and you know how to you know how to fight back and you know how to make sure that what take their your, take their positives and turn them into their own weaknesses you know and you know when i first started i was a high nope brandon oh luke you still there 
uh, I'm still here. I don't know what happened. I know Espinosa was was talking about the the evolution of, of professional wrestling, and I mean, again, uh-huh. as, as he mentioned earlier, this this man has a a pretty large pedigree. I mean, as he talked about before, amateur wrestler, and again, his, his evolving of styles. I mean, and and you were, you, we were we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. Uh, hold on, just a second here. I'm I'm seeing. Did did we get him back on the line? Um, no, I don't see him on the uh, on the screen. <clears throat> and like I said, I mean, here, here's a guy who, I mean, oh, as, as time goes on, he. Brandon, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. I'm sorry about that. I did not know what was going on. I kept hearing some things in the background, and then I didn't hear anything at all. <laughs> um, what, <laughs> well, was, say, what was the last thing that- I had said? I'm sorry. You were you were talking about how, like I said, you you would have you had gone from from the amateur days of being a standout at the amateur wrestling into the high flyer, and how how rest, how your wrestling style has had to evolve throughout the years. Yeah, so like well, like I was saying, you know, you have to evolve, you know, with everything that's going on. You know, age is a is a big thing you need to worry about because you know, you know, when you first start, you're very you know you're very <laughs> what do you want to say ballsy. You you know you don't think about anything any of the consequences when you get older you start thinking about what, you know, some of the consequences would be, you know, I'm not going to heal as quick as I could have at 18. No, by not by any means am I not going to heal fast. It's just, you're not, you're not that 18 year old kid anymore. Um, You know, plus, you know, you adapt to, you know, the styles of what other people are doing. You know, when I first started, like I was saying, we have a bunch of, we had a bunch of, you know, heavyweights, a bunch of big guys, you know, we were coming out of the eighties, the nineties, you know, into the early two thousands, you know, and you got a lot of guys that were, that were more based upon, you know, that strong, you know, strong man style, you know, not strong style, but you know what I mean. And then you get, right. you know, then people start following and they start doing the high flying. Then you realize that now I need to counter that and be able to keep them on the ground. And then, you know, from there, you just, you know, you, people start wrestling you and then, you know, they start doing high flying, mixing in with the mat wrestling too. And they all start doing the same stuff. So then next thing you do is going to submissions because once you get a guy in a submission, let's be real, they're not going to get out of it. All right, no, I agree 100%. Uh, if I could just chime in uh, real quick, Luke. As far as your accomplishments, you've accomplished a lot over the past 11 years. What do you think is your greatest accomplishment so far, whether it's working in NWA, working with OBW, TNA, WWE, or working with uh, Sami Zayn or Jay Lethal, like, or, or being uh, this MWR champion? What has been, in your opinion, your greatest accomplishment thus far? Uh, the biggest accomplishment thus far, um, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't think it really involves with wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. Like one of my biggest accomplishments is the fact that you know that you can you can always look around in all my matches. Okay, you look around and you can look in the front row. Okay, look in the front row, you will see this little long-haired, curly, red-headed kid walking around. If you notice, he's always in front row during my matches. That's my biggest accomplishment. Um, you know the fact that I've got this little five-year-old thing that's been following me around for five years across the country, getting to see what I like to do and what I love to do. Um, that's by far my biggest accomplishment. Um, you know, it's just the fact that I have somebody I can share this with, um, you know, and that loves this just as much as I do. Um, you know, other than that, I mean, you know, you can't really, you can't compare to that. I mean, it, it, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that have, that have little, little boys, you know, it's great to have girls and daughters, but little boys, they follow in their father's footsteps. You know, I want it to be my dad, you know what I mean? And he gets to see, his dad be a superhero or most of the time a supervillain, you know, and that to me is big, the biggest accomplishment in anything more than, 
winning the championships or winning all the matches or having 1,031 matches in my career or the over 100 promotions I've wrestled for, you know, or the fact that, you know, I've been in one of the top 500 wrestlers almost my whole career now, you know, seven years running out of 10 years and most likely it'll be an eighth year this year. Um, you know, those are a lot of things that I can do, but in the reality of it, if I don't have somebody or someone to share it with or somebody to show the legacy and hopefully maybe he'll follow in the footsteps, you know, there, there, nothing, nothing, nothing means anything. I mean, even the guy I trained under Michael Elgin, you know, he, he blew up in his eyes. You can see it. I could see it cause I'm used to it and I know what it's like, but he didn't, he didn't really start to blow up real huge. And I didn't see that like shine or in his eyes until he had little Jack. You know, um, and, it, and it's, even the funniest thing is I feel like he's accomplished more since Jax has been born just because I feel like it's the same thing, you know, where I'm trying to push myself. You know, he he see, he knows now he's got something to show, you know, show who what I'm doing. And that's my biggest thing. Um, and that's, you know, that's what I love about this. No, absolutely. That's a great, great point, man. Great segue, great point. Um, you, uh, as far as um... – I also wanted to get into as far as you spoke about earlier about uh, the change and evolution in wrestling. As you know, you know the '80s and '90s was about the big man era. Everyone had to be jacked, six, uh, you know, two, six, three, three hundred pounds. You know, you're talking the Hogan's or the Triple H's or the Batistas of the world, and then transition more of a smaller role. Like, oh, he dropped out. <laughs> Look, looks like he dropped out again. Hopefully, he can call me back. Well, I'd say it's one of those. <clears throat> isn't isn't modern technology great? That's that's that's, that's know, the, joy, that's the joys of, of uh, uh, <coughs> phones in, in today's uh, world. Back. But who's back? Hey, Brandon, you back? I'm back, guys. I I think the problem was is I was I was using Verizon's Wi-Fi service, and believe me, I'm no wonder the Verizon guy jumped over to Sprint. Um. So, but you were talking about the uh, you're talking about evolution the evolution of, 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 of the early right, 90s. Right. Right, exactly. Yep, yep. And, and then now, you know, you have the smaller guys, and then Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and then now you have the Ambroses or the Rollins of the world. Where do you think you see wrestling, you know, heading down the road? Do you still see, do you think it'll be, you know, still like the smaller guy, you know, who does the CrossFit like a Seth Rollins, or you think it'll transition back into the big man or, or more of a hybrid? Like, what do you think wrestling, what do you see wrestling in a couple of years as far as like the average wrestler? Uh, I mean, the average wrestler, you know, the big thing that I always hope that happens, um, you know, and it's the same thing, I think, and Elgin harps towards us as well as, you know, the previous guys I've trained under harp. You know, the one, the biggest thing I'm more, more concerned about is the fact that hopefully we don't get to that stage that out of shape people can do this. Um, you know, I don't, I don't care which direction it goes. I don't care if it's cruiserweights are going to be the main thing. I don't care if it's the big guys. I mean, the big guys, it kind of sucks because, you know, let's be real, not all of us have the genetics to be six foot four and, you know, 320 pounds of solid muscle. Um, right, you know, right. but, but given the opportunity that they're doing now, it lets them show showcase, you know, the smaller guy. I mean, let's be real. The two out of the past three WWE champions uh, have been, you know, let's be real, more, more slim, more of that, you know, swimmer body look. Um, Rollins isn't that big of a guy. And let's be real, Ambrose is even smaller. Um, right. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're decently height. You know, I think Ambrose is like 6'1", and I know Rollins is like 6'2", 6'3". But let's be real. They, they have that swimmer body. They're not huge, and they're not as big as, like, you know, Reigns or, you know, like guys that back in the 80s and 90s were like Hulk Hogan and, you know, guys like that. Um, you know, as long as we keep up with the fact that, you know, it's guys that are in shape that really push their bodies to, you know, maintain that, you know, that, that, that athletic ability and athletic uh, look, 
then I don't care which way it goes. Um, I mean, I hope it stays with the hybrid because it really gets boring to watch seven matches of buff, beefy guys wrestling and seeing how they could try to be different. And it also gets really boring to watch seven matches of cruiserweights go out there and do a bunch of high flying. You know, it's got to be a mix. And hopefully, you know, they keep breaking down the barriers that, you know, being the WWE champion or being the Ring of Honor champion or New Japan champion or whatever wrestling you watch, that it doesn't have to necessarily be this guy that's huge and big and massive, that it can be a guy that's cunning or it can be a guy that's, you know, quick or a guy that just knows how to, you know, be the opportunist. Like, you know, they did the whole long term for Edge, you know. It's just that's what I want. I hope for, and hopefully that's where they'll keep going because that's what it seems like they're going. I agree. I agree. Totally agree with you, man. Um, now transitioning over, in, in, as far as I know, you've trained. Um, I believe you trained Ace Hawkins, and I know you've teamed with him before. Um, as far as uh, let's say, I, I know you're still young. You have a lot of years left in your career. As far as let's say. Uh, post-retirement, do you see yourself being a full-time trainer? I know you've trained him in the past, and I, and I know you probably trained others. Do you, is that where you see yourself going, or or more of an owner, or or what? Or, or, or I guess I guess I'm after. I, I will, after wrestling. I'll never be an owner. Um, I'm never going to deal with being an owner of a promotion. Um, you know, I help out majorly with one promotion's bookings, and I don't mind you know pitching ideas for other bookings. Uh, but I never want to be the owner, so I don't ever plan to open up. Espinosa Championship Wrestling or anything yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, I don't need to do that. Um, you know, a lot of wrestlers, unfortunately what we see nowadays is a lot of times when there's promotions open, it's wrestlers who couldn't hack, hack it on the indie scene and couldn't hack it, you know, in other locker rooms because either they just weren't liked or they just weren't that good. Um, you know, I don't need to do that. I don't need to, you know, stroke my own ego and think I'm huge and I'm, I'm famous and that I need to open up my own promotion and people are going to come just because I'm the booker. You know, no, I don't care to do that. Um, you know, it, it, and it's the promoters that are out there that are honest promoters. I, I thank them, you know, and everything they do and all the stuff that they help, you know, younger talent do. Uh, that's just not for me. Um, you know, if once I quit completely, I don't know. I mean, unless it's like a major – a major job with some kind of training training situation, I honestly think that I probably would just walk away. Um, right. It's just I don't – when I'm done with something, I'm done with it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't need to keep lingering on. I don't need to think that, you know, I don't need to think that years down the road, you know, oh, man, I still have the itch. I can do another match just because I'm around the ring. Um, you know, I'm not saying that I'm quitting anytime soon. I mean, I might even go no, another no, no. 12 years. Who never knows? But you know, when it's done, it's done. You know, I'm not, I'm not planning on sticking around. I don't want to be there. There's a gentleman we have over in downtown on Seventh Street that you know everybody makes fun of and laughs about. You know, because he's always around. He's been around 35 years. I'm not going to be that guy. Right. Um, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I, I don't want to be that guy because unfortunately, when you are that guy you know, and you've had a decently successful career in your area, you then at you then at that point become the go-to guy whenever there's no other guys to go to, and you just become the escape goat. Not necessarily because you're good, not necessarily because you're great in the ring, but because you're just somebody they trust that's been around. I don't want to be that. So, you know, I honestly think that once this is done, my in-ring career is done, and if I don't have, like, a, a bigger purpose to be a trainer, I think I would just be done with that too. Um you know, I don't even, th- I mean, I'd still have my friends that I've made with wrestling. I just don't think I'd really care what's going on. I, you know, I played baseball for, you know, almost eight, 19 years of my life. And when I was done, I was done. 
Don't care to ever go play baseball. Don't care to watch it. <laughs> yep, nothing. A, I mean, third base coach, first base coach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, it's 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 not that it's not that I don't have passions for baseball like I used to, or that I won't have a passion for you know wrestling. It's just when you're done, people need to just let it go. Just walk away. You no, know? I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Some people just stick around too long or stay way past their you know their time and, and just you know just not good. <laughs> Very. <laughs> Plus, let's be real. You know, by the time I'm done, there's going to be a whole new fad of wrestling. You know, what I mean, currently, you know, you got this thing like the the final deletion that happens, and who knows? That might be what wrestling is going to be made about. It's going to be is going to be based upon in years to come. You know, you never know because it got right. a huge, you know, that it got a huge, you know, following from it. Who knows? That might be what's the next wrestling style. You never know. And let's be real, I'm not going to know too much about that. <laughs> 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 oh man, that's too funny. Well, I, I just I was thinking about the end, but let's transition back to the present. As far as uh, your evolution and style, I know you have more like like as um, as Luke was talking about in the beginning, it was more high flyer, more on the ground, more grappling. Or what are you doing outside of uh, of just you know taking bombs and, and doing some things at the dojo? Are you doing any uh, jujitsu? Are you doing any sort of MMA, any judo, um, ca- you know, catch wrestling, amateur wrestling? Like, what are you doing to kind of like constantly involve? Are you uh, doing any of that? Unfortunately, I, I don't have anything. Um, you know, when you're when you're at a training facility for wrestling, you know, two to four days a week, depending on because you know I do train under Elgin when he's here from you know not over in Japan or Mexico or with Ray Bonner. You know, I do train with him, and then I also have my own classes. But you know, then on top of it. I am still doing two to four shows a week, so I really don't oh, wow. have that extra time. You know, and let's be real, all of us have a normal life, too, in what we do, and that takes up a lot of time. Um, so, you know, I do I do lift weights, you know, four or five days a week, you know, to continue my strength training and whatnot. Um, but other than that, I just I don't have time. I wish I did. I would love to get into, you know, some form of MMA, you know, uh, get my cardio strength up and learn some new stuff. Um, I mean, it's really helped out guys like Davey Richards and, Kyle O'Reilly to really, you know, evolve and adapt to those two different styles into, you know, pro wrestling. And I think that would be great if I could do that. Um, just, you know, I have a little bit of a different, you know, at home situation than those. Two. Um, and, you know, and they're, they're great wrestlers and I wish hopefully someday I can do something like that. I just currently, all I do is pro wrestling and weightlifting. <laughs> <laughs> and it, which is not a bad thing, but, but like you said, it, it all depends on, like you said, everyone has their own, uh, situation at home, and 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 then you do so much between the the pro wrestling and the training and the teaching and then you know all of the other stuff, external stuff in life. But but yeah, but um, you know, it's very interesting that you know that you can still do all that. You know what I mean? I, I give you a lot of props uh, for doing that. Um, but you see people like Nakamura. You know, I love, um, for example, how he you know how he transitions like from his on bar from the on bar to the triangle choke. You're seeing a lot of more of that now. You agree a lot, like sprinkles of uh, jiu-jitsu, sprinkles of MMA here and there. People like Matt Riddle coming into the wrestling world now. Do you agree with me? Yeah, I mean that's perfect. That's great. I mean it's. I mean the good thing about pro wrestling is that it adapts to whatever's going on outside of it. You know, um, you know, during the eighties and nineties, it was a big thing to be, you know, a, a strongman competitor, a big thing to be an Olympic, you know, lifter. I mean, look, they got Mark Henry out of there. Um, but nowadays, I mean, what's what's right there with Pro wrestling, MMA. So, right. I mean, to be able to use MMA in the ring or use mixed martial arts in some form is just a great, 
ability and it's a great thing to show because it's you know we all know what our situation is with pro wrestling but MMA yeah. you know everybody believes it's 100% legit it's 100% real just like boxing and you know and if it's the big fad that's going on right now like I'm going to try to tune in as best as I can outside of my show I have Saturday but you know I want to watch UFC 200 you know it's the big thing to watch um you know, and so if that's what they got to do, the good thing about pro wrestling is, is they always can find a way to incorporate that. And, you know, guys like Nakamura or, you know, like I was saying, Kyle O'Reilly or Davey Richards or anybody like that or the guy you mentioned, they are able to, you know, bring both of those together and show why. I mean, I met, I, I, I worked with King Mo down at OBW when he was trying to do pro wrestling on top of his uh, Bellator, um, yep. you know, Bellator contract. So, you know, it's just, that is what's going to help, you know, adapt and it's going to help evolve pro wrestling in the long run. I agree. I think I, I think we're, uh, what you're seeing a lot is um, a lot of uh, pro wrestling trying to at least, you know, I know it's cliche, kind of like what they call it, the reality era. I guess they're trying to make it more more real and not more cartoony. I mean, no disrespect to the people in the '80s, but you agree with me to an extent? More, you know, more more real. Yeah, or, I mean, or you got to think different. about back in the '80s and '90s. That's you know when a lot of the bigger movie pictures were coming out and a lot of more of the, a lot of the more, you know, they had bigger productions going on with movies compared to the fifties. You know what I mean? And that, that's that's thing to do. I mean, it was the thing to have very over the top cartoon characters. And nowadays it's more, the big thing is, you know, MMA or street fighting or cage fighting or, you know, uh, the octagon. I mean, those are the big thing right now. And again, you know, it's just great to see that the fact that one, one form of art, can just adapt and uh, you know intertwine all of them. Exactly, exactly. Luke, you you're back on the line. Oh uh, yeah, I'm back. Like I say, technology. I I, I guess I fall into the same the same uh, communication communication issues as, as Brandon here. Like I said, it's it's one of those where professional wrestling. Like I say, having been around as long as I have, I would agree entirely with what what Brandon said and the idea of where. The more the more tools you can bring to the table, the better a professional wrestler you're going to be. And like I said, that's one thing I've seen over the course of of my my time here, not just in Dynamo Pro, but in professional wrestling as a whole. That's one of the things that Brandon Espinosa always brings to the table. It's just that that constant changing. And when when you sit there and you look at it, and I, I was going to post this to you, Brandon, you've been around wrestling now for a good amount of time. What would you say has been the biggest change that you've seen, whether it's on a on a an area here in the St. Louis area or more? What's probably the biggest change? You say it's it's the size. The size. Would you what would you say is the biggest change? Uh, the biggest change is just. I mean, again, it's it's back to the the fact that you don't have to be the main channel. You know, um, you know, South Broadway over here. They you know, recent champions have been under two hundred twenty pounds. Um, you look at you look at Dynamo. You know, recently you had Mike Outlaw champion, and you know when he was champion, he was only about 190 pounds. You know, he's only he's only about five eleven, six foot maybe. Um, you know, I've been a champion with a lot of promotions. You know, and I'm not a, I'm not a huge huge guy. I mean, I'm a lot bigger now, but when I was main champion for promotions, I was a lot smaller. Um, and the fact again back to TNA or and WWE and Ring of Honor, they're not relying on the jacked guys and the big guys to be that that champion. You know, um, it's great now. The big change is the fact that everyone has an equal shot as long as they have the they have the it factor besides the body being huge 
if they have the it factor, they're given the opportunity to be that guy and be the top of the bottom. That's a good point. Absolutely good point. Um, as we were talking earlier, you know, you don't have to be necessarily like the biggest or, or but it's all about just basically, you know, uh, the whole package, you know, whether, you know, it's connecting with the fans, being able to cut a promo. I think that's, I think that to me, if you ask me, I think that's one of the biggest things, that's, at least on the, on the big stage, um, is being able to connect with the fans and being able to move merchandise and being able to just, I don't know if it's, whether it's catchphrases, it doesn't matter what it is, but it's, but the biggest thing is communication. We were talking about communication with the phones, but even but being able to communicate and sell you, uh, you know, like a, like a Dusty Rose or, or like a Flair did back in the day, being able to sell you to buy a ticket. And I think that's the biggest, the, the, one of the biggest things in wrestling more now than, than, than ever. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Yes. Brendan? Yeah, definitely well, agree. Yeah, I would agree as well. I mean, when, when, you, when you sit there and, and you look at professional wrestling, I mean, to me, professional wrestling is – a sport that with, with the, with the fan support and with all the other things that are going on. I mean, again, wrestling is always, is always evolving. And I mean, again, to see things that are going on right now, I look at things like seeing, seeing guys like as, as Brandon made reference to, you made reference to earlier, seeing the guys like the Seth Rollins, like the, the Dean Ambrose's, like the Sami Zayn, like the Cesaro, those kinds of wrestlers that can come out there and, and do what's – I mean, Brandon, I think you can elaborate a little more on this as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, just, yeah, the, the fact that those guys are, you know, they connect perfectly with the fans, you know, like you were saying, and they just, you know, they're, they're guys that have the ability – to show, and honestly, let's be real, back in the early 90s and, you know, late 90s or even, you know, late 80s, they would have never even been given a chance to shine like that. And the fact that they are nowadays and the fact that they can, you know, they show that, it now shows, you know, they're also, it shows that in the fact that they can sell merch, like you were saying, and, like, they can sell the ex- all the money and stuff like that, which in the long run, unfortunately in pro wrestling, the big, the big way of knowing success is the money. How much can you make out of wrestling without just being the contract? You know, I mean, the contract's great, you know, wherever you're at. But let's be real. Most of the guys in the Fed, most of the guys on the indie scene don't make money on their booking. They make money off the merch. And the fact that you can connect with the fans like that just shows what you can do. And, you know, the fact that they're giving the the, the smaller guys the opportunities now, it shows that, you know, they're able to connect. I mean, let's, you know, I guess you could say the first real guy to break through for that was like Shawn Michaels. You know, and right. then you know, and, and then you know, it slowly started building more and more lately. And those are definitely the guys. You know, now they can see they're the ones that the fans can relate to. I mean, and let's be real. You know, the fans always relate to the guys that they feel the closest to. You know, yep. um, not a lot of guys can relate to being huge jacked men. I mean, again, that's all based on your genetics, not just how much you work out, what you eat. It's also your genetics. And let's be real, most men are not going to get that big. Even if they work out and eat a crap load of food and they're, they, they, the crap load of food is great for them and they're working out hardcore, you know. I mean, even even like listening to The Rock, The Rock says he only works out an hour and a half a day, you know, right. five to six days a week, you know. And he's just genetically gifted. I mean, he's a Samoan. You know, and Samoans yeah. are big, big human beings. Um, yeah. You know, they always have been. And But, like, the fact that we can relate to guys like Rollins or guys like Ambrose or guys like that that are smaller or Zane who aren't huge, 
that's what helped out, and that's what I think makes wrestling now more believable and why we're able to sell more, and that's, you know, again, the biggest change I've seen, and I think it's just great overall. No, I agree. And, and one agree. thing I want to – and I, I, I'd like to add a little more to that as well. One of the big things that I've seen over the course of my time in professional wrestling is that a lot of people are seeing those, those wrestlers, that, that, that organic change. I mean, again, you, you would see wrestlers back in the day – and, and again, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I was one of those that watched Hulk Hogan in the '80s and, and trained, say your say your prayers <laughs> and eat your vitamins. But again, you get to a point where it, you have that that opportunity to see the, the people that may not necessarily be the stereotype, the the that big that transitional guy from from the Hulk Hogan's and the Triple H's and and things along those lines. To me, the thing that I think is a real breath of fresh air is that that organic nature and seeing the fans being able to to get back. And I, I look at it more getting back to the the days of when I was a fan. The idea you could go out there, you can cheer for who you want, you can boo who you want, and you don't have to be programmed into into who you get who you like. Right. And that and that's a big thing that I think is, is is really helping things right now is that the fans can truly get behind the wrestler. I mean, you look at look at when I mean again I know this is a bad example. Look at John Cena. He goes out right. there and he's even acknowledged. There are people that'll say, "Let's go Cena," and you know the obvious reaction that's going to happen right after it. And that's right. one of the things I think that's really made wrestling kind of hit a, a real good stride as of late. It's just that organic nature of who the fans really can support. Yeah. Go ahead, man. Brandon, go ahead. No, no, I was just agreeing. <laughs> Another example, and then, you know, before, you know, we wrap up is, uh, you know, Brian Daniels. You know, you have a guy who's not, who was never that big, and, you know, who finally broke through and, and, and was actually out of the main event of WrestleMania 30, and eventually, you know, because of the fans, organically, they, they had to make that change. Of course, a couple of things happened with, you know, with Phil Brooks that year, but whatever. But long story short, you know, Brian Danielson finally became the champion in 2014. Yeah. I, I mean, what, what was the question? I'm sorry. No, no, I was just, I was just piggybacking off. Of what um of Luke of what Luke was talking about another example was I was talking about Brian Danielson a guy who was not that big who who you know who broke the glass ceiling and basically you know made it all the way to the top I mean yeah yeah definitely agree I mean and that definitely helps every and that makes the believability of wrestling that anything can happen definitely pop out a lot more so exactly exactly man where can people uh, find you how can they contact you uh, Brandon? um they can uh, you can find me on Facebook. I mean, that's an easy way. Uh, you can just look me up by Brandon SBS. Or you can also, uh, you can also uh, just look up facebook.com slash the Brandon Espinoza. And then uh, you can also find me on YouTube. Um, unfortunately, I haven't uploaded my own matches in a long time, uh, but I do repost anything that anybody else posts. Uh, but you can find me at youtube.com slash the Brandon Espinoza. Um, and then on Twitter, it's at the or at the underscore B like Brandon underscore Espinosa. You can follow my uh, tweets on there. Um, and you know, if you feel like you want to email me, or let's say you want to be a pro wrestler in the St. Louis area, you can also just email me at Brandon underscore Espinosa at ymail dot com. There you go. Awesome, awesome. And then that's the same email, um, you know, for for promoters as well. If they're listening. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, they can message me on there, or like most of them do, just message me on Facebook. 
<laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> Send you a direct, a direct message, right? <laughs> cool. Cool, man. Luke, give me one last uh, plug um, as far as uh, as far as where to find tickets for the 22nd or the 16th. Well, like I say, if you want to buy tickets for Dynamo Pro Wrestling on, on Saturday night, July 16th at the Sports Academy in Glen Carbon, Illinois, you can make it a point to go to dynamoproWrestling.com. You can also contact the Sports Academy. You can go there in person, or you can contact them by phone, 618-288-6899. Or also you can go uh, on dynamoprowrestling.com. And on Friday night, July 22nd, Dynamo Pro Wrestling invades NatsuCon. For ticket information or to purchase tickets or for additional event information, dynamoprowrestling.com, or you can go to natsucon.org. As we've already mentioned, Mike Outlaw versus Ring of Honor's Delirious, Davey Richards, and Angelina Love already scheduled to be in appearance as well. Uh, like I said, it's going to be a great night of pro wrestling action. Two, show, two shows, two events, and under a week's time, Dynamo Pro Wrestling definitely showing why they are the premier professional wrestling organization here in the Midwest and throughout the country. And like I said, again, Jim, thank you for having us on tonight. It's been our privilege to be here with you. And like I said, make it a point, check out chokeoutradio.com. Uh, like I say, a lot of great stuff, not just wrestling. You can get some UFC stuff. You get a lot of great right. things that are available on there as well. And like I said, again, it's, it's been our honor to be here. And like I said, everything with Dynamo Pro Wrestling we had to thank the fans because without them, Dynamo Pro Wrestling wouldn't be such a, a huge force in the professional wrestling world. No, thank you so much, fellas, for being on the show. And trust me, if, if I'm ever in the area, trust me, I'll, I'll definitely I'll try one of the shows, no doubt. <laughs> well, like, I, say, so like I said, Jim, anytime you're in here, anytime you're here in the Midwest, you're more than welcome to come to Dynamo Pro Wrestling. Thanks, man. Thanks, thanks, Brandon. Thank you, Luke. I really appreciate you coming on. No problem. Thank you. Thank, thank you very for much. Working around my technology. <laughs> Thank you, man. Nah, no problem. It's all good. <laughs> Thank you, man. All right, guys. Well, have a good day. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Luke uh, Roberts and Brandon Espinoza uh, from Dynamo Pro Wrestling. As they as they exit from the show, we, they were on the air for about combined for about sixty sixty for about like yeah, like I would say about an hour, a little bit over an hour. Uh, great conversation. You know, that's the number one thing that you know when I listen to these podcasts. Yes, I know who's face. Yes, I know who's heel. Yes, I know about Battleground or, or whatever pay-per-view or event or locally, whatever. But it's all about, you know, what perspective do you bring to the table? What do you bring to the table? What makes you unique? And I try to just, uh, you know, have it as a free-flow uh, conversation. It's, you know, you're listening to a conversation. Yes, it's an interview. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm less rigid now, not, you know, no really structure. I have a couple of bullets and it was basically cusp off the wing. And it was a very interesting conversation. Got into, um, Brandon Espinoza, you know, currently what's he, what's he's done, what's he's doing, you know, what are his plans post wrestling and talking about some of his style, how's it evolved. We were talking about wrestling in general. Um, we were talking about the evolution of professional wrestling, how it incorporates MMA. We were talking about MMA. Um, and we were talking to him just about the card. It was a very organic conversation. This is, you know, I, it wasn't a, a script necessarily, and I think that's the problem with a lot of, um, you know, wrestling, whether, whether it's the machine or whether it's someone else. Very rigid, very structured. Just reading about, for example, I have a yellow paper in front of me. Applicant copy. How can I access my results? You know, it's, it's very organic. You know, it should be just, hey, these are the bullet points you have to hit. A, B, C, D. Get there. Use your own personality. 
use your own vocabulary, deliver the message, and, and that way you connect with the fans like a Jake Roberts, using like psychology, being able to look in the screen and say, hey, hola, tú, compra la, la boleta, buy the ticket, buy the ticket. And I think that's an art that's a little lost. And, and, and hey, I get it with the machine. I, I get it with some of these organizations. They want to control, really drive a point as far as, hey, this is what you, sh- you should say, and not because we have to move along stories, but at the same time, you have to, it has to be organic, as Luke Roberts mentioned. You know, everything has to just be organic, and it has to just come natural, basically. So that's basically what it comes down to, ladies and gentlemen. Excellent, excellent show. Very great conversation at times because of uh, I, I couldn't really hear. That's why a little dead space in the conversation, you know, little, little what is it, dead air, so to speak. But for the most part, it was – um, it was and it was it was there for like two seconds and at the same time, but it was a great flow uh, from Luke Roberts to Brandon Espinoza. You know, five ten, two hundred and I believe he's built as five ten, two twenty four, eleven years in the business. Trained uh, the two thousand ten Rookie of the Year, Ace Hawkins, tagged to him as well. Has worked with Sami Zayn, Jay Lethal, Ace, Ace Hawkins, of course, Paradise, Jesse Goddard, of course. He's done it all. He's done it all in the business, and he is a guy from Dynamo Pro Wrestling. And I think if you're in the area, please, please, please check him out. Check him out. All right, so for the next couple of minutes, just to close, you have Brock Lesnar. Um, of course, you know, the cool thing about Brock Lesnar is, yeah, MMA has their own fans. Wrestling has their own fans. But he's since he's in the middle – since he's in the co-main event of the biggest MMA card in the history of the sport, of course I get to talk about him, which allows me to talk about MMA a little bit. So you have Brock Lesnar, 5-3, and three, going against Mark Hunt, who doesn't have the best record, has a great kickboxing record, doesn't have the best record in MMA. His last bout against Frank Mir, walk-off shot. And, and if you read MMA Junkie this week, Frank Mir most likely will walk away from the sport. Not because of Mark Hunt's knockout. Yes, because of the suspension. Because after fighting all the legal fees and legal fees and legal fees, it's just not advantageous for Frank Mir to fight anymore. Just not advantageous anymore. By the time the legal fees, by the time the hearings occur, he's going to be at a loss. And like he said, he has a family to feed. He has a family to feed Frank Mir, and it's just not worth fighting for. So most likely Frank Mir will be released from the UFC, but Mark Hunt is in a great position. He is the perfect opponent for Brock Lesnar. Because let's face it, I, I wouldn't would you feed Brock Lesnar a, a Kane or, or Dos Santos? Or would you feed him a, a Stepe Miochik out the gate? Or 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 Overeem again? You could but but for a guy who's been out the sport for about four or five years, I don't think he would do that for him. But Mark Hunt Although yes, he's been active, you know he, he's he's a little bit older than Lesnar. Not as more well, not as well rounded as Stipe as some of these other guys that are top five guys. So that is why I think he's a perfect opponent for Brock Lesnar. Mark Hunt, we all know his strength is his hands and his striking ability. But we all know we saw that Mark Hunt was exposed, exposed when Fabricio Verdum won the interim. Uh, heavyweight championship last year. He was exposed. I think he, whatever, he, it was a nice initial exchange, but eventually I believe he took him down, choked my guillotine, and it was a wrap from there, and Fabrizio Verdun became the interim, eventually the undisputed, and eventually lost the championship to Stipe Miocic, who hits hard, who is from Cleveland, 
congratulations to Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland Cavaliers are the 2015-16 world champions. So you have two champions, the Cavaliers, and you also have Stephen Miocic. So nice matchup for Mark Hunt. And for Brock Lesnar, like he said, he lost to Kane Velasquez. He lost to also Alistair Overeem, but it was because of the verticulitis. He almost died. I read his book, almost died. Almost died. And just for, and just for the fact that somehow was able to survive that, I believe without surgery, it was like one day to the other. It went from, hey, you know, I got I to gotta get the surgery. So all of a sudden, naturally, just boom, healed. And I'm pretty sure he ate better. He exercised better. And eventually had a great second run in the WWE. He was able to do his thing against John Cena in Extreme Rules 2012, was able to do his thing in his long feud with Triple H, whatever. And then he was able to beat the streak and eventually go on this amazing run with the heavyweight championship. Yes, he wasn't on every week, but they made it work. And 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 Lesnar was in a conversation for some great, great matches in his uh, in his run as champion, particularly Royal Rumble 2015, Rollins, Cena, Lesnar, excellent, excellent matchup. Fast forward to July 9th, UFC 200. Brock Lesnar has an opportunity to avenge not just his loss to Overeem, but avenge his his fight against Diverculitis, and he is able to hopefully, you know, if he could take him down and dominate position, maybe Brock Lesnar can surprise us. Maybe he can surprise us. He, he recently was anointed the blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Maybe he can surprise us. Maybe he can take him down, dominate position. Maybe he, he could give us a key lock. Maybe he could give us an arm triangle. Maybe he could give us a, uh, eventually a rear naked choke. Maybe, he, maybe he's working on a foot game. Very complex, but I think if you can master the foot game, you're in great shape. Can we see a heel hook? Can we see a knee bar from Brock Lesnar? Can we see a toe hold from Brock Lesnar? And that is why it's very intriguing. You're going to have the MMA purists watching, the casual fan watching. You're going to have wrestling fans fans watching. Although the pay-per-view model may not work for the WWE because of the WWE Network, trust me, this pay-per-view model will still work in this instance, and records will be broken. Records will be shattered on Saturday, July the 9th at UFC 200. And like I said, if he could take him down, he has a chance. If he tries to stay on his feet and go toe-to-toe with a guy who is a all-around great kickboxer, great striker, hands of stone, Lesnar is going to lose. He is going to lose. You you cannot go toe-to-toe with a guy who is a world-renowned striker. That is just not going to happen on that third day, if that is the case. If that is the case, ladies and gentlemen. So, with that being said, like I said, if, if, the, if it goes to the ground, maybe he could use his blue belt in jiu-jitsu and maybe surprise us. Or just use his wrestling that he's, that he's used, his amateur wrestling, his catch wrestling that he's used for so many years and dominate position for 15 minutes and win the fight. However, if he has the cojones to go toe-to-toe, he is not winning that fight 
against Marcon. That will not happen. Also in the main event, you have DC Daniel Cormier scoring off against Johnny Bone Jones. That's an interesting match. Johnny Bone Jones, his only loss was to Mark Matt Hamill. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill's Skywalker. Matt Hamill as uh, the Ultimate Fighter uh, season finale of the heavyweights, the same uh, card that Kimbo Slice fought on, uh, an illegal six to twelve elbow, which I think, as Joe Rogan mentioned, is ludicrous. Whatever, that's his only loss. And his and and Johnny Bone Jones, his biggest enemy is himself. You could question his win against Gustafsson, but his he's a he has been a he was or, or still is I guess at this point again a a dominant champion. He took apart Glover Teixeira. Took him apart. Took apart Daniel Cormier. Carved him up. Carved him up. Now it's a matter of Johnny Bone Jones. Can he get out of his way? Can he get out of his own way and finally prove to the world that he is the undisputed UFC light heavyweight champion? And for Daniel Cormier, it's all about validation. What what are you talking about? I, I'm telling you what I'm talking about. It is all about validation. Validation in the sense that DC knows that he has not defeated Johnny Bone Jones. Yes, he defeated, he defeated Alexander Gupsison for the light heavyweight championship, but the only way people, I, I guess he feels, and I think most of the MMA community feels, the, the, the only way you could, you know, consider or validate anything is if you finally get over the hump and defeat Johnny Bone Jones. We've seen DC do a lot of great things. A lot of great things. Great wrestling. But the AK is suffering right now. AK is suffering right now. Cain Velasquez is no longer champion. What will happen? What will happen if DC loses on Saturday? It will shake up the AKA fight in Canada. It will shake, shake it up, shake it up, shake, shake, shake it up. All right, let's transition over real quick to the UFC Women's Championship, which I spoke about earlier. You have Misha Tate, who defeated Holly Holm, shocked the world, won that fight in the fifth round. Holly Holm had the fight won, locked up. It was locked, 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 locked up. Holly Holm, her strength is her striking. A world-renowned boxing champion. Her hole in her game was her ground game. And what did it come down to? The fifth round? Jiu-Jitsu. And on that night, a couple of months ago, Jiu-Jitsu prevailed. And Misha Tate became the UFC women's bantamweight champion. Everyone had Holly Holm winning. They forecasted her winning. And then she was supposed to beat Tate, and Holly Holm was supposed to once again score off against Ronda Rousey. Although that fight's on the table, has lost a lot of luster. Lost a lot of luster. A lot of luster now that Holly Holm is no longer the champion. She'll be fighting in a couple of weeks against uh, Valeria Valentina, Shlanenko, whatever her name is. I can't pronounce her name. My apologies. She's fighting in Chicago, I believe. She needs to win that fight. 
to have any sort of conversation at a UFC bantamweight title shot. But for now, Misha Tate against Amanda Nunes at UFC 200. Great fight. Amanda Nunes, tough girl. But Misha Tate's tough as well. It'll be interesting to see what happens with those two on Saturday. Looming also in the prelim, the main event on Fox Sports 1, you have Kat Zingano, who a great tough fighter beat Misha Tate, was the number one contender initially, was supposed to be on that Ultimate Fighter Season 18, the one that Jelena Pena won, hurt herself, and eventually had to exit out of there. Made a mistake, made a mistake that all these women made and, and rush and bum rush Ronda Rousey, and she eventually capitalized off her mistake, and 14 seconds later, she is a loser of that bout. And now she has redemption. She goes against Jelena Pena, Juliana Pena, who fights from the Seattle area, the Venezuelan Vixen. Very beautiful. They're all beautiful, but very beautiful. And now Juliana Pena is going to go one-on-one against Katzenano, and I believe the winner of that bout can easily, easily be in a conversation for a future shot at the UFC Women's Bantamweight Championship if Rousey doesn't come back, which I think... I, what I, from what I heard and read, I don't think she'll be back this calendar year, and I believe they're going to want to have a, a women's championship bout, whether it's her or JJ, and the winner of JJ, Claudia Cadelha. I believe they fight tomorrow or Friday. They're going to want a women's title bout at UFC 205 in New York. So we'll see what happens there. The other contest, you also have Frankie Edgar against Jose Aldo for the UFC interim featherweight championship. We all know Conor McGregor cannot, or right now, he, is, he has his little ordeal with Nate Diaz, too, at UFC 202 in late August. But in the meantime, you have Jose Aldo and then Frankie Edgar one-on-one again. Jose Aldo dominated, dominated that. Frankie Edgar had it. Nice couple of combinations. Had no answer for Jose Aldo. We forget that Jose Aldo was champion for a very, very long time. They think that, you know, people just think of Jose Aldo as a recipient of a guy who got knocked out in less than 15 seconds by Conor McGregor. But he is a world-renowned mixed martial artist. Let's not forget that. And Frankie Edgar as well, my man from New Jersey, from my home state here, squaring off against Jose Aldo. And Frankie Edgar is go- he's going to need to be on his on top of his game. He's going to need his A game, A A capital A game, in order for him to defeat Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo is out for blood. He's out to defeat Frankie Edgar, become the interim featherweight championship, and once again be in a money fight. Aldo McGregor has a lot of money written all over it. Edgar McGregor, not as sexy, but because it's McGregor, it could probably make money. But Aldo McGregor, after all the smack talk that both men did to each other, you know, sounds more sexy on paper. So he knows that. Everyone knows that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on Saturday, July 9th. And then also to open up, I believe we're going to have Travis Brown, Ronda Rousey's boyfriend, who he's, he's gotten a lot of heat. And that's what happens. A lot of people are jealous. And especially, you know, he's a, he's a married man, technically. He's separated from his wife. A lot, a lot of controversy with Travis Brown, with Hoppe. He's a great great striker, great striker. Didn't have the best fight against Beathead, Matt Mitrione, his last time around. But maybe this time around, maybe, maybe it's going to be fight of the night. 
You never know. Against Cain Velasquez, who who just cannot stay healthy, you know, couldn't stay healthy, didn't train well, and his loss to Fabricio Verdum. Verdum became the undisputed heavyweight champion, supposed to have the rematch, never happened. Then Verdum was supposed to fight Stipe, never happened, eventually happened, and Stipe Miocic is now your heavyweight champion of the world. But now, as far for this particular contest, it's very important, very important fight. It's important for Travis because if he wins, he is the one to get in that conversation. And if Frank Mir steps out the way, well, he, he wasn't a ranked top 10 fighter. But if Travis wins, he is in that conversation in that same breath with a Dos Santos, in that same conversation with the, you know, the, he maybe faced a loser, the over in the and the road to a shot at the heavyweight championship. And then you also have King Velasquez, a guy who, yes, he lost fair and square to Verdum. The only thing that's been holding King Velasquez back is his body. There's only so much you could do, you know, the mind and the body and the soul. And trust me, and if your body doesn't respond, it's very difficult for you to move forward. We all saw what happened when not healthy. He lost to Junior Dos Santos on the first ever UFC on Fox and lost the UFC heavyweight championship. And then we also what happened when he under trains on the train. He knows in Mexico City, it's it's so much more uh, above sea level, whatever it is. Uh, the the altitude, the, the the air is a lot different. So Richard Verdun was there a month or a couple of weeks before, was able to adapt, and King did not. And as a result of not adapting, he was no longer the UFC heavyweight champion. In addition to that, injury after injury and, and just cannot stay healthy. Hopefully, at this point, whether it's his strength and conditioning, whether it's his diet, whether it's his sparring, whatever it is, hopefully he could finally put it all together and once again make a run at the UFC Heavyweight Championship. So, it should be interesting to see there. You also have Rafael Asun Kao, or I, mean, I can't even pronounce it. Asun, yeah, Asun Kao, Asun Kao against TJ Dillashaw in a big bantamweight bout. And I believe the winner of this bout could perhaps face Dominic Cruz down the line, maybe 2 0 5. <laughs> maybe, maybe. You have Johnny Hendricks, Kelvin Gastelum. Um, you have Sage Northcup, the, the, the young guy. Young guy, I believe he was discovered on Dana White's show on YouTube, and then Enrique Marin on the fight pass, Nightmare Sanchez, Joe Lawson, Musasi, Thiago Santos, Jim Miller, Gomi. It's an stat card top to bottom. If there's any, if you're in the Vegas area, if there's not, if there's one card you want to attend, this, this has to be the card to attend. Has to be. And then, of course, you have Eddie Alvarez coming from Bellator, coming from you know all these organizations, finally has an opportunity to square up against Rafael dos Anjos, who annihilated Cowboy Cerrone, annihilated him, annihilated him. Was supposed to fight Conor McGregor, fight never occurred. Big important fight for both men. You know, he's no joke. Dos Anjos, you know, and 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 Cowboy Cerrone hits hard, but this guy took him apart in about a minute. And that's how that's how lethal his stuff is. 
And then you have Eddie Alvarez, who's, you know, all around great mixed martial artist and is interesting to see if he could finally, you know, if, if he could win the UFC lightweight championship. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. And also you have the finale of season 23, I believe, of The Ultimate Fighter. You have the main event, Claudia Gadelha, which I, you know, she's great, great coach. And then you have Joanna Jacek as well, who is the, uh, they're, and then they're scoring off for the UFC Strawweight Championship. You know, Joanna Jacek annihilated Jessica Penne, just a part color Sparza, who is a wrestler. Great first fight between Gadelha and Joanna Jacek. People, a lot of people say Claudia won. Some people say JJ won. Uh, this is and they fought before Jacek fought for the strawweight championship. It will be a great second fight. A lot of smack talk throughout the season of Ultimate Fighter season 23. You know, I could talk about season 23 as a separate show. I'll probably talk about that this weekend. You have that going on on Friday, I believe. I believe, yeah, I believe we're going to open up with. With the main event, UFC Fight Night being those Anjos Alvarez Friday is going to be the women's uh, strawweight championship in the main event for Tough 23 season finale Saturdays and Saturday the fight. So it'll be great, great. And I believe today was the weigh-in or media day or yesterday was media day. And this weekend is International Fight Week. Uh, fight. Um, a lot of stuff that happens. A lot of minor kickboxing, Muay Thai jiu-jitsu tournaments, and also there's a lot of autograph signings, uh, things, merch, merchandise you could purchase, autograph signings, also podcasts that are uh, broadcasted live from there. It's a great, great experience. If you're in the Vegas area, definitely check out UFC International Fight Week. And, of course, the Hall of Fame uh, is also that weekend, I believe, is uh, whether it's that Saturday morning or Sunday morning, uh, you, the Hall of Fame, Don Fry is going to be one of the individuals that are inducted in the UFC Hall of Fame. It's a very big weekend this weekend in Las Vegas. So, great night of fights. Great night of fights. And let's see what happens with Lesnar. Lesnar has to not only win, win and, and stay relatively healthy. He has to stay healthy. Of course, he is scheduled to compete at SummerSlam this year in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center, which I will be in attendance. So, we'll be interesting to see what happens there. All right. You know, I got this reserved for about 30 minutes. I'm going to cut it off here just to give you a, a thank you, Luke Roberts. Thank you, Brendan Espinosa. Thank you, Choked Out Radio fans. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Choked Out Radio is here. UFC 200 is here. Nice little hybrid show with Lesnar. I don't know the announcement, but I think it's going to be either Kevin Owens or Randy Orton that squares off against Lesnar. I think whether it, whether – I think if Lesnar wins, I want to go, hey, yeah, you beat Hunt, but you never beat me. And if Lesnar loses, aha, you're a loser. You can't even beat Hunt. Be, come beat me. I think it's going to be, I'm leaning towards Kevin Owens, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a returning Randy Orton. That's my predictions. You heard it first on Choked Out Radio. So, with that being said, enjoy the UFC 200. Hopefully you like my bro- breakdown. I gave a very more in-depth breakdown on my UFC 200 preview episode of Choked Out Radio. Download it now. <laughs> it's, on, it's on iTunes. It's available as well. Um, so please follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at Choked Out Radio. Please like my Facebook page, Choked Out Radio as well. Luke Roberts, thank you. Espinoza, thank you. Choked Out Radio fans cannot do it without you. Thank you very much.
I got this worked out, sort of. Still having issues with Skype, but a little bit better than usual. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Mm-hmm.